Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts. Whisper and Brew. Mate, the very last set of footy we're going to see until round one, a pretty pivotal week when it comes to building our Supercoach sides. Pretty disappointing we didn't get to see the Warriors and the Gold Coast Titans trot out. A couple of big Supercoach relevant players from there, but overall, pretty good weekend of footy. A uh, few stinkers, few surprises, plenty to talk about wrapping up the trials week two. Yeah. Plenty of changes to plenty of super coach sides too. I must say, as a whole, I thought the trials were a little bit disappointing. I, most of the games weren't overly entertaining, but I, I did watch, I did enjoy the first halves for most of the games. Um, I'm looking forward to the weather going away. It has dowered affairs a little bit and it's been crazy. Obviously, Queensland's getting annihilated and Sydney's now starting to get some of that heavy weather that they had as well. But we've had rain for the last two and a half weeks. So, Crazy times. Hopefully by round one, it's it's nice and dry and we can get some higher, higher super coach scores on the board. Yeah, I mean, the game, I don't know if this was a case of the weather or is it because we were shifting to the middle more? Um, but yeah, some scores did dry up a little bit. Um, not as much as what we're, we're used to seeing, I guess, the, the trend that we saw last year, which makes me do, does question the idea of running Turbo and, and Cleary or, or guys like that because... Maybe the game is moving more centrally with teams having a full pre-season to adjust for these rule changes or whatnot. But um, yeah, definitely a lot to un- unpack when it comes to comes to the trials. Uh, I guess we're going to kick off with the very first game. The Sea Eagles 16, the Raiders 18. Basically monsoon weather this. It was, it was pretty horrid conditions all the way around. All eyes would have been fixated on Tommy Turbo. Mm, Raiders did a pretty good job of keeping him quiet. Uh, I think he only put up... What is it? Yeah, 40, uh, 32 Supercoach points. One of those was with a try uh, with no line break. So 32 points from Turbo in about 50 minutes. Not what we want to see when we're spending $1.26 million. Yeah, I'm not spending $1.26 million anymore. That's He's only really had the one good game uh, in the trials outside of that, Manly. I thought Manly were a little bit off in this game. Their, their structures bothered me a little bit. They obviously had a lot of guys go down with injuries, you know, hopefully none of those are too serious. They were, they were concerned for me. And and you mentioned at the start of the show that, you know, maybe these high price guys aren't the go. And I do think there is going to be a come down in terms of super coach scoring. I think as the season gets more, more into it, the scoring will go back up and we'll start to see some of these big scores again. I don't know if we're going to be seeing, you know, mid 200 and, 50 type scores again this season, you know, not regularly anyway. So I, I definitely think that turbo isn't a void to start the season. Personally, I'm going to risk it and hope that there's some big bulk cash drops and hope that other guys can obviously go up in price and I can get him at maybe a 300 K discount. It sounds ridiculous, but it's very much achievable if you run the numbers. So many narratives on this show. I mean, it wasn't seven days ago that we were both we were both all the way on him, and, and now we flicked him to the curb after fifty minutes against the Raiders in in monsoon or weather. Uh, look, he scored what's that ninety five points in a hundred in ninety minutes. So going at about one ppm through the trials, which that's fantastic, but it's not good enough to to hold your price when you're one point two six million. So I'm probably going to go against him. Um, I did experiment with the idea of running him last week. Uh, we've kind of reverted back to the the duo that you and I have been most fond of all preseason in Tedesco and Pappenhausen. Uh, mate, you mentioned the injuries uh, to Pau, lower back injury. Uh, Going to be racing the clock for round one. Uh, Hamar Olakuatu, fractured arm, which is not great for him, unfortunately. Hopefully he comes back and gets better. So Manly are down there, two starting back rowers. So that's going to open up a spot. 
maybe for Carl Lawton or maybe Andrew Davey and you think Bullymore walks down the other edge. Bullymore, not impressing. He's just a very meat and potatoes footballer. But if he's starting and playing big minutes at 280k, there could be a world. I mean, it's going to depend on how long Olakowatu's out and if they do decide to shift Bullymore over when he's back. I think that's the big thing with his relevance. Yeah, I'm kind of expecting Bullimore to be like your 45 average type edge back rower, which is pretty average. We're, we're going to need to hope that there's some some tries, maybe even some assist type plays early-ish in the season so we can get the occasional 60 or 70. You're not going to say no at 280K, but I would um, temper the expectations. I don't think he's going to be some 60 to 65 edge back rower that just dominates. I think he's going to be very much a do I play him or don't I play him each week kind of guy. But I, I think he's locked down the spot. Obviously, the injuries have gone in his favor, and then we'll just have to see who ends up on the other edge. It would be Davey, I assume. Yeah, Lawton offers so much more off the bench and his utility factor, so maybe that they, they have Davey start there, and then he could be an option as well. So we'll, we'll get a couple of options out of there, but it's the case of who's going to get the long-term position on Olakowatu's side if he's out for six to eight weeks. Uh, Xavier Savage, big news out of out of the Raiders that Ricky Stewart has said he's going to be favouring Charles and Klukstar, just prefers the experience, prefers the defensive stability that Charles can offer at the back, which I sort of expected. I didn't really see Ricky running with Savage at fullback. Um, he'll probably fill in on the wing with Jordan Rappiner after the first couple of weeks, and then who knows what's going to happen with him coming back. Uh, my boy Jack Whiten, he looked really good with an organising half next to him. Uh, looked, to, looked to free him up quite well. I know four weeks ago you were shitting on the prospect of starting with Whiten, but seeing him pair up with Foggy, is there a world where you run with Whiten at sort of mid 400Ks? I think he's 430 or something off the top of my head. So I'm the um, number one ticket holder to the I Hate Jack Whiten Club. However, I will say that he was very impressive uh, in this game. He was probably the best on park. I do think that Fogarty will open up an element of his game. It'll allow him to play more in the Munster mold, which is what I saw from him in this trial. I saw him playing more like Munster does. And that's because he had a guy beside him that was in complete control. I, I saw a few people knocking Fogarty on, on socials. I disagree with that. It's his first time wearing green. That combination will grow. They've got a very good forward pack, which he gets to play behind. I think he'll be very successful at the club. And I think it'll be good for Jack White. And so I certainly don't hate the idea of running him. I personally am going a different direction, which I will talk about shortly. I'm not too sure why you can shit on Jamal Fogarty and the Raiders. They were clearly the better side all through the first half. Manly scored both their tries on uh, against the grain of play with the Saab intercept and the Cooley intercept. I thought the Raiders were very, very good. Jack Whiten scored 63 supercoach points, so he was the top scorer on the day, uh, followed by Joseph Tarpany with 49. And even Corey Horsburgh had 44. So the Raiders took out the top three spots, um, I guess, when it comes to Supercoach scoring. And, and Ruben Garrick top scored with Manly with 41. I don't know if it's because of Supercoach or Fantasy or, or what it is, but people think that when a player goes to a club, they have to be the everything. They have to be, you know, the enigma. They have to be setting up freakish tries and taking line breaks and hit-ups and all these things. But in terms of an NRL perspective, which is what the coaches coach, he did his job and he did his job very well. Like he's, his job is to go down there and be your Cooper Cronk, your Adam Reynolds type player, which is not going to be a super coach stud. It's going to control and game manage and Whiten will be the one that prospers from that. I just want to highlight uh, Jason Saab's performance when it comes from a super coach standpoint. He scored 23 points on the weekend with a try. So 17 points out of that gives Jason Saab a very solid score of uh, six points for the weekend's trial. Who was the next game? Rounds one to eight last year. Do you want to remind? Um, do you want to remind everyone who what what the next game that we'll be talking about is? Uh the Roosters uh, and the Tigers. Uh, who, who, the Roosters who won? Who won? Who won that game? The Tigers sixteen. That's, oh, the, uh, the West Tigers uh, won that. Uh, and uh, titles are won in February. We did discuss. We, we did discuss this. We, we, do, so. we do know this. Congratulations on your preseason premiership. Enjoy it. I've I taken be very happy. I've to taken. Send you I've that taken. Spoon. I've taken the month off work in October, mate. I've booked my grand <laughs> final September. tickets. Everything's done. We're we're sweet. Hey, no, the Roosters eight, Tigers sixteen. This one was all about Luciano Lua. Eighty-two supercoats points with a try without a line break. So to take seventeen off that, still a very very impressive score from Big Luch. And yeah, sixty-seven points on the day for him without the try. Sixty-five points on the day with for him without the try. 
he's got all the upside in the world. We touched on this in the Tigers preview. He's got all the upside in the world of guys like Satili Supernova, but he won't hurt you as much as I don't feel. So very, very excited to see Luciano, uh, Sam Walker as well. He looked really good until uh, he went down with that concussion. He looks just, he's just a tough kid, but he's, he'll put his body on the line. He'll take a, he'll, he'll try and bend the line with the ball. Very, very tough kid. Uh, the Roosters right wing is still prime real estate. Kevin Aguama did nothing and, and still, and still fell over. So there's plenty of positive signs coming out of the Roosters. I mean, they took the chances that they were given pretty rapidly uh, and they took them with both hands. They, they didn't have to be given chance after chance after chance like the Tigers were. Uh, the Roosters were very clinical in the way that they just finished when they were given the ball in good possession. Look, I, we can laugh and joke about the result and whatnot, and that's fine. Lu- Lucy was definitely the best player on the field, and I absolutely support anyone that wants to put them in his in their super coach sides i did see a comment you know i think it was on on our youtube video saying you know that he's not reliable and you know that he'll let you down and that's each to their own everyone's got their opinion i personally think he's got a pretty good floor uh he averaged 61 last season i can see him averaging at least that again this season and anyone that goes a 60 plus average in your second row and you can pick him up for 520k or 540 whatever he is take that to the bank, especially with a good draw. So outside of that, I was quite impressed with Stefano. I thought he bounced back well, and I think he'll just continue to get better. As we mentioned last week, Jackson Hastings played really well, especially when Brooks was on the field. I thought Jimmy the Jet was quite good in that game. Uh, again, we, we spoke about whether or not he's going to be a Jet or, you know, out of fuel. Who knows? He's not someone that I personally am going to take, but you've already promised that he's in your side. He's going to be in your side round one, Josh. So Captain good luck Ran- to you, my friend. Ca- Cap- Captain <laughs> round one. Hey, on Stefano, 51 super coach points for him. Um, Zane Musgrove as well, 49 super coach points. He looked really good. Hastings with a 47. A couple of other notable performances. Jimmy the Jet with a 42. Uh, Kima Tuolagi, he scored a 27. On the Roosters side of things, Paul Momorowski top score with a 54. Uh, then you've got someone like Kevin Naguama with a 42. Um, you've got Sam Walker with a 35. Look, I want to touch on Joseph Manu because he looked really good, but didn't translate to Supercoach. Uh, he's a fantastic half, fantastic fullback, much better Supercoach prospect fullback, but it didn't correlate to scoring with only 22 points. Um, Satili Supernour with 25, Victor Radley with 25. So I guess they're the, they're the most prominent names, but... Yeah, someone like Paul Momorowski did the job, uh, 54 points. Interesting that he wasn't kicking. We didn't get a good look as to who would be the first choice kicker either. Uh, I doubt Adam Kieran does start. So it throws it up. Uh, is it Paul Momorowski's job or is it Sam Walker's or is it even like a CSC with Takiyaho? Questions that we didn't get answered, unfortunately. Uh, Jackson Hastings wasn't the first choice kicker. Many are pointing towards his boil on his foot being a key factor but it's very funny that that boil managed to clear up and the pain went away when Luke Brooks went off the field so we touched on this in the Tigers preview I feel like Jackson Hastings is the second option um but 47 points from him I think he had a line break assist and a try assist in there as well um so definitely worth noting uh any other big takeaways you took away from this game outside of a super coach standpoint mate you just said a lot of things so I've got a lot of things to say um I think personally Luke Brooks is the number one kicker. I think he's actually a pretty good goal kicker, but Jackson Hastings certainly isn't a bad option. I do think Sam Walker will be the first choice kicker uh, for the Roosters just because he is, you know, viewed as their long-term player and something they haven't had in a long time is someone that is a goal kicker in this team for a long time. You know, they had Maloney and then you've had Latrell and then you've had every man and his dog try and have a kick after that. So I think Walker will get first crack, but I'll say this, Momorowski is the better goal kicker, so it won't surprise me at all if Momorowski takes it over by Anzac Day. In terms of the game, you mentioned that people had a good game and it didn't correlate to scores. And for me, that was the story of this trial, like the whole round of trials. We just talked about Canberra. I thought Corey Harrow and Naira was fantastic in the lock to the point where I was looking at him and I try to put him in my side and, and see, you know, his price and how it looked. And then I looked at the scores and he didn't score that well. Joey Manu was the same. Joey Manu played very, very good. Uh, the other person I thought was real good was um, uh, what's his name? Big Dick Vic, Victor Radley. I thought he was outstanding, but the way that he just created a structure in their attackive offensive lines was, was amazing. That first try you saw it like him to Walker out to Manu over in the corner. It was just clean and crisp. So I've got really high hopes for the Roosters this year. I think what we saw in the first 20 minutes of the game 
was really good structured footy in both defense and attack. So I, I said it last time and I'm going to say it again. I really hope Daniel Fafita gets in this side because I like the way that he's growing. And I think they need to start future planning for, for the exits that are coming in the front row. So I really hope he gets the 17. And yeah, Momorowski, I still want him in my side, but I'm finding it really hard to put anyone pretty much above, say, Rocco Berry Price or let's say Kurt Mann. Yeah. Mann keeps flicking for me between whether I play him at 5'8 or centre, but I just can't find money for the studs. There's just so many cheapy options and, and a couple more presented themselves over the weekend, which we will go and talk about shortly as, as well. So... Momorowski, I want him, but I don't think I'm going to start with him. Eventually, I think he kicks. Yeah, I could only start with Momorowski if he was goal-kicking um, because left-centre is less desirable than right-wing, obviously. Um, I think my plan with Kurt Mann is to start him at 5'8 for week one and then shift him with Talatown Mo in week two and then play him in the centres. Hey, let's talk about the biggest boil-over of the weekend. Parramatta, 36. Penrith without Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo. Apart from that, pretty full strength, nil. This was a very, very promising and very, very dominant performance from Parramatta. The conditions suited their forward pack very well, and they made the most of it. Uh, Clint Gutherson with a 90 points to start with. Hey, I posted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that if, if uh, Pappenhausen was out round one, it was Gutho season for me, and copped a, copped a bit, of, bit of flack, but like Gutho rounds one to eight. They've only got Melbourne in round three. Parramatta have an exceptional draw. And if, if Pap isn't fit round one after Tebo's performances last sort of game and and the Tigers game in, in the first trial, do we go Gutho? I am going Gutho. If if I, um, if Pap is not fit, or you going you're going Gutho just in general? I don't think Pappenhausen will be fit. Um, I found it a little bit, bit ironic though that he could play 18 holes of golf and yeah. <laughs> not be ready for round one. I know one's non-contact and whatnot, but I did find it a little bit strange that he's in such doubt that the coach would let him go play golf. I'm a little bit worried about Pappenhausen after coming off a season of injury and concussion to now have another minor injury in the preseason and be in doubt for round one. It's starting to make me go, maybe I just do take a risk and take Gutherson to start, see if he can make me some cash and hopefully makes me enough cash with a healthy draw that I can push close to Turbo and then just have Teddy and Turbo and until I feel confident that Pappy's fit and not going to let me down. You know, I burned a lot of trades last year on Pappenhausen and I'm not really keen to do it again. So it's a bit of a worry for me. I feel like you're overthinking this just a touch. If Pap's fit round one, I think we start with him. I think we go pot elsewhere, but we'll cross that bridge come Teamless Tuesday. Hey, for the second week in a row, Makahisi Makatoa, fantastic. Like, he's got 54 last week in 40 minutes, basically all in base. 83 this week with a try and, with a, try and a line break. So what's that, another 50 points? 53. Basically, 50, 50, 50 points, basically all in base. He's a really crap price. He's 311k, which is just too awkward to consider. Um, but if anything happened to RCG or or even someone like uh, Junior Paulo, the fact that Oregon Kafusi is leaving to the Sharks next year, maybe they just play Makatawa as their third front row forward option, and he's shown enough class in the last two weeks to, to warrant decent minutes off the bench. He's played fantastically the last two weeks. You know who else was awkwardly priced? Who? I'll wait. I've got no idea. Isaiah Papali'i last season, he did exactly the same thing. He murdered everyone in the trials, and you thought, oh, yeah, but he's coming off the bench. Comes out round one, absolutely brains it. A couple of people jump on, but most people go, nah, nah, nah. He's coming off the bench. It won't it won't keep on. I went nah, nah, nah for way too long and didn't end up yeah. having the bloke. I am seriously tempted to take a punt and have that guy. If I can find 100K and I can take him or I can take Fafita, I'm taking that dude. Because you're only, you're only, side is you're only allowed to buy him if you pronounce his name on camera right now. Makahisi Makatoa. Oh, you kept referring to him as that guy, so I was hoping you'd butcher it. Um, no, but 83 points for him. I think he's for 311k. Look, if he comes out rounds one and two and does Isaiah Papali'i things, then yeah, we'll jump on because we can we can avoid the price rise. But for now, he'll, I'll probably keep a, a weight on him. Uh, but I can't wait on Mitchell Moses. 79 points. He is running the ball, bending the line, looking very, very good. Must help when uh, when you had Joey Johns beside you for the last, what, two years, and now it's they're the keys to your kingdom. With Parramatta's fantastic start to the season, goal kicking, you expect Parramatta to put on some points. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm kind of locked into Mitch Moses round one. 
I'm kind of locked into his halves partner, Dylan Brown. I spoke about it about a month ago and he, I was, I think I was talking to Chris Dartler on, on Twitter during the game and I was getting mad because I was like, I'm already on this dude. And yeah, now he's absolutely blitzing it. And every guy's going to notice it and go, oh shit, maybe I can get Dylan Brown for, yeah, two, for 460k or whatever. We spoke is. about we spoke about him a while ago uh, yeah. and he had, he had no ownership. And yeah, nothing worse than seeing him. And he come he come out and scored a fifty seven. Uh, he did get shifted to the centres in the second half. So basically, all those points in the first half, which was fantastic. But what do you? We'll touch on on Brown shortly. But Mitchell Moses, seventy nine points. He just looks at a new player. Oh, I'm I support the Mitch Moses move. I I I do have that fear factor with him because we know he has been a little bit hot and cold in the past. You know, he, he bangs out a tunnel too, and then he you know gets a month of forties, but it's eight weeks, right? Yeah. That, that's the plan with Parramatta. You, you pick these guys, you know that you're going to have a look for eight weeks, hopefully prosper from it and then try and move on. And if Mitchell Moses absolutely kills it for eight weeks, there's your pathway to Mitch, uh, to Nathan Cleary, who in my opinion will drop some cash and you'll probably be able to pick him up for high 700s or mid 700s even. Let's do some. So, let's do some rapid fire uh, scores. Regan Campbell Gillard sixty nine. Dylan Brown fifty seven. Hayes Perham fifty seven. Isaiah Papali'i fifty six. Oregon Kafusi fifty. Uh, a couple other notable notable ones. Reed Marnie with a forty five. Played very very little minutes. Um, Will Penasini forty one. Sean Russell forty one. And Ryan Madison with a thirty point game. A couple of decent ones there for the Panthers side of things. Not so decent. Scott Sorensen top score with 46. Jermaine Hopgood, 46. Matt Eisenhuth, 44. Apart from that, everyone else sort of fell off. Uh, Isaac Tago with a 28 in a side that scored no points. That's eight po- That's six points more than Brian To'o. Uh, Talon May also outscored Brian To'o. Stephen Crichton also matched Brian To'o's output. So a couple of things to, to note from there. Um, yeah, I did, did like to see that someone like an Isaac Tago Scored nearly 30 in a side that didn't put up any points or any any attacking stats. But apart from that, I wouldn't be taking a whole lot of stocks out of this Penrith side. Isaiah Yo and I, Isaiah Yo and Isaiah uh, Isaiah Cleary, Isaiah Yo and Nathan Cleary uh, out of the side. But those two guys don't stop 36 points being scored on you. Um, so not worrying signs for 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 Penrith. I wouldn't be too fussed about this. I'd just be more hyping up Parramatta. Premiership hangover is not uncommon. Um, Roosters, Melbourne, from in the last two seasons, both started one and two. Yeah, the Tigers have um, had a hangover for the past fifteen years, mate. So I know what I know what you mean. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if they start a little bit slow, but they'll get their shit together eventually. I will say, uh, I sorry, Isaac Targo, he was probably the best of the Panthers, and his work rate's really good. He looked good. I'll fall on my sword and say Jerome Luai without Cleary is absolute basket case. He was absolutely yes! terrible on the we got him. We finally got yeah, him. It's taken me three months to convince him. You need a you need to preload some sound effects because you've <laughs> you've got to use one there for sure. Um, I feel for Matt Geyer. Really bad for him that he got an injury and yeah. it rules him out for a little bit of time. Outside of that, Appy Curacao, he should just go to the West Tigers right now because he was terrible he on the weekend. He did not want to be there, did he? Oh, that's what it looked like to me, and really disappointing from Penrith. So, but props to. Props to Parramatta. They've got so many options between Russell and Penasini, Marnie, Brown, Moses, Gutherson, you know, Makatoa, if you're a really bold fella, good luck to them. I thought they were really good and they were the performance of the trials for me. Yeah. Uh, another shot. It's probably not, as, probably not as shocking as the 36 nil, but the Dragons 16, the Rabbitohs 10, bringing home the Charity Shield to Wollongong for the first time in 10 years. Uh, I just want to play a, a, a little bit of a soundbite we've got here uh, in honour of my boy Cody Ramsey scoring 65 points. <laughs> I'm very aroused. That was me, uh, basically the entire first half. Now, Brew has got a bit of a team update regarding Cody Ramsey, and I have not prompted this. This, this uh, he he came to me with this. Uh, Brew, how's uh, how's Cody Ramsey looking for your side coming round one? He's looking very good, actually, and he's in my starting side. You were speaking about being aroused in your little sound clip. I'll tell you what, the left edge for the Dragons had me aroused in the first half of this game because they were on fire. Tyrell Sloan, he is a player and a half. Now, personally, I'm still not going there. I know I, you know, he was in that initial side, and I've kind of bashed the Dragons for a little bit since then, but I no longer think that the Dragons are a bottom three side. 
based on what I've seen in, in the trial games. They look like they've got pretty good structures and they look like they're pr pretty well coached. So I think they will be in that kind of 9 to 12 type bracket. I think they'll have some games where they score a lot of points. And I think the left edge is going to be where those points come from. Ben Hunt controlled the game really well. Jack Bird looks super dangerous. Tyrell Sloan floating out the back and passing long balls to bad haircut Cody Ramsey. It was fantastic to watch. And he is most definitely for 280K. I will take that to the bank. He is in my super coach side and I will likely play him in round one. Moses Suley. Now, plenty of people message me being like, Moses Suley at like mid 300s. Is there any kind of love for him there? And I was never keen, but he looked good in, in trials week one. And he backed up with another good performance in Trials Week 2. 60 points from, from Moses Suley. I think, I think if I'm going to take stocks in that left edge, and this isn't personal, but I would take Ramsey because he's cheaper and on the end of the, the, on, like on the, end of the attacking sets, um, being He'll on the wing. Tries. Yeah. So I think, I think if you're going to have a piece of the left edge pie, I'd go Ramsey just because he's cheaper. But if you pick Suley, like he's, he's definitely a damaging ball runner. And, and he showed that um, with, a, I think he had a good try assist on the weekend. I'll say one other thing too. God, Zach Lomax, he has to be close to origin because he is one hell of a center if he stays fit. That ball that he threw in the first half of that try was absolute thing of beauty. Oh, that was disgusting. Um, yeah, look, the unfortunate thing for Zach Lomax is he stuck behind two pretty uh, pretty good footballers in Tom Dravojevic and Latrell Mitchell. Pretty hard to, to break that up. But yeah, look, Ramsey is probably, not Ramsey, Lomax is probably the best center New South Wales have. Like, like I'm talking pure centers, the ones that wear three or four. Um, but yeah, it's just hard for him to, to get a crack for origin. Um, you mentioned Tyrell Sloan. He scored a 40, a 54, mate, uh, and definitely passed the eye test. He looked very, very good. Um, Jack Bird, you mentioned, scored a 41. Ben Hunt with a 30. He's good too. Ben Hunt with a 34. Taltel Mone with a 30. I feel like Amone didn't do much, but he just didn't overplay his hand. I think he was a lot better this week than what he was last week uh, in defense. And yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what they do when Tarek Sims is back, if Jack Bird plays in the back row and if DeBellum moves up front. Or, or whatnot, because you'd think Sims comes back into that side and then you'd have to shuffle around Bird and DeBellin and see where they, they end up. I think they want Bird to be on the edge, to be honest. We'll, we'll see what happens when Sims does come back, as you said. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts on the bench and Bird moves to the middle. Um, that's what I think will happen, but time will tell. Bird Bird is a definite super coach option for anyone that wants to know the answer to that question. I like him. I'd probably pick him over um, you and Aiken at the I moment. would too. Yeah, he's more expensive. I think he's 499 uh, he's and 12, he's, 12k. Yeah, but I'd prefer Bird over Aiken. Um, hey, let's talk about the Dragons. It was a one-man show. It was Cody Walker. The Rabbits. What did I say? The Dragons. Yeah, the Rabbits. Uh, Cody Walker, 89 points. He... Looks to have taken this whole, like, oh, how will the Bunnies go without Adam Reynolds thing personally? And he's just getting his hands on the ball as much as he can, playing both sides. Um, yeah, he, he just looked really good. For a bloke that scored nearly 90 points for a side that put up 10, very, very impressed. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't a hat-trick this year and everyone's, you know, trying to find 750k to buy the bastard. <laughs> Um, he was real good. Uh, I was impressed. He's definitely another one of those guys, either him or Munster, you're going to have to have him at some point. I know a lot of people are starting with Munster and i got no problem with that either. I'm going I, in I am one of them. Personally. Yep. Good luck to you. I'll, I'll be trying to get him as quickly as I can too. He was good. Uh, Jackson Paulo, I still think he's one of the most overrated players in the game. Dry bang, arrow, bang, I bang. was very good. Pew, pew. I love it. I love a shot on here. Okay? You do, you know? Jesus. I've got a microphone. Lay them in. I hey, use it. Hey, um, Jai Arrow. Yeah, I um, I got a message from someone being like, "Oh, what about Jai Arrow? You talked him up all preseason. Let's talk about him, hey." And I was like, "Yeah, let's talk about the twenty-nine tackles, the ten hit-ups, the three offloads, the two tackle busts, the forty-nine super coach points in about fifty minutes." I'm very happy with that. Yeah, for, for nearly one ppm yeah. on the edge, I'm very happy with Jai Arrow being mid four hundred k dual position and pumping out fifty points. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, these scores, 
like they're just numbers you need to just look at the performance and look at the work rates and look at the structures that will give you an idea of what they're going to score. Dreyer is going to score some pretty good points this season. I'm, I don't think he's going to be, have a season where he's going to average 45 on the edge or 50 on the edge. I'm making You're a post. At a guy that can go 60 plus. I'm making a post tonight at time of recording, uh, and I'm just going to label it the protectors. So guys like um, David Fafita, Bo Firma, uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., Jai Arrow, Britton Nakora, just off the top of my head. These are all guys that are playing with new halves partners, and teams are going to be targeting these halves. So, like, teams are going to be targeting someone like a Lachlan Lillies in, def in defense. Like, they're going to run at him all day. And Jai Arrow is going to have to pick up a lot of defensive work. So, don't be surprised to see guys like um, both the Titans' edges, Tavita Pango Jr., when he's not punching blokes in the head, uh, Jai Arrow, Britton Nakora, all these guys have upticks in tackles per game, which will get them another three or four points a game because they're going to have to defend their new halves partners. So... Jai Arrow didn't play big minutes. Uh, I didn't expect him to play big minutes in this trial. Uh, I expect him to be up around that sort of 60 to 65 range. If he's anywhere near his PPM of what he put up in this game with the Dragons, were, with the, sorry, with the Rabbitohs were not good. That's a very, very good investment for 450k. I think I feel like people just want 70 points from everyone, and that's just not going to happen. If you were going to get 70 points out of Jai Arrow, he wouldn't be five a uh, 450k. And Rome wasn't built in a day there, Charles, guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lachlan Ilias, 33 points uh, for 205k. You will take that in his he's a, first game. He's a better player than his super coach scores are going to. Oh, he looks reflect, very he looks very composed. Composed, um, yeah. Yeah, he looks, he, looks, he looks ready. He looks first grade ready. Uh, he, looks, he looks fine. Uh, Damien Cook. What are we doing with Cookie? I'm off Cookie now. Mm, I was so high on him. Yeah. He, I know, like, I just... All the things that he said in the summer about running more and taking more control and taking pressure off young Ilias, I just haven't seen them. And that worries me a little bit. If, if I'm playing that price, I'm going to read Marnie every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yes, and Alex Johnson, five points. So rivaling Jason Saab there for the no try center wings. Very, very good to see from those guys. Uh, next trial, Cowboys 26, Broncos 6. The Broncos... You can tell me all you want. Adam Reynolds is going to come in and fix this. Adam Reynolds doesn't stop you conceding 26 points against one of the wooden spoon favorites. Not good from the Bronx. No, it, I, just, I just don't know with the Broncos. They've got such a good young squad on paper and they just can never seem to put it together. And for me, it's it's starting to become less of the players and more of the coach. The coach is, the, he's not getting something out of this team for them to constantly be performing this way. Like, we, we all looked at the Cowboys. Well, not all, but you and I definitely, and I know a lot of others did, looked at this Cowboys side and said, that's your wooden spooners this year. And they towed them up. They were the better side from five minutes into the contest, and they never looked back, and you, that's concerning. You had the Broncos, the Broncos. You had the Broncos in eighth. I had them in ninth. Uh, when you and I do mm. our predictions for the season, I think you and I are going to have to adjust that pretty severely after after this performance. And I don't want to take too much stock into a trial, but, like, there was just nothing there that really got me excited. Like, at least with the at least with the Bunnies, they lost. There was something to be excited about, you know? Like, this side that got toweled up, there was not much to be impressed about. Most sides that lost over the weekend, there was something that you could take away from it. Like, except maybe the Bulldogs last night. Or the Panthers. They were missing their two best players, so it's understandable. Yeah, they're, they're like, the Panthers missing Cleary. It's it's almost to the point of the Manly, Manly yeah, missing Turbo. Turbo. Yeah. yeah, so I don't take as much because of that. Once Cleary comes back, he'll, he'll get them in line and they'll go back to being what they were. I've was, got to tell you, the Cowboys were good. The Adam, Cowboys were good. Adam, know, Reynolds doesn't, Brown, Adam Reynolds doesn't have that impact on the Broncos that what Cleary does on, on the, the Panthers. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. To Noel Brown, I, I saw some people going, ooh, what's everyone talking about to Noel Brown? Where was he? I didn't see him. Well, he must have done something. He got 43 points in base. And he's so... 270K. Like, oh, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'll, I'll just, I'll do a team, I'll, I'll do a full team reveal in time, but he's my second front row um, at the moment. And I mean, if a bloke that's, that I'm paying 270K for is getting me 45, 50 points, why would I complain about that? It's round one. Yeah. My front rowers aren't going to need to score a million points in round one. Uh, no, they're going to need to make money. For 270K, yeah. Jermaine Janelle Brown. I mean, Todd Payton's headhunted him from the Warriors. like, And he's come out and had massive wraps on him. So I think he'll be better for the run. Uh, 43 points, awesome. Ruben Cotter, 44. Interesting from there. Uh, Scott Drinkwater. I don't know who's 
whose coffee Scott Drinkwater's pissed in to not have a start in the side, but eh, whatever. Um, we'll note Jeremiah Nanai uh, was ruled out with illness, so Tom Gilbert came in, and he did a really good job. 60 points. Uh, Murray Tuolungi, 83 points. Valentine Hones, 91 points. So a couple of decent options out of there. I'm, I'm not keen on Holmes at f- whatever price he's at. It's way too overpriced for, for what I'm keen on. Um, a couple of other notable performers, uh, your boy Hamiso Tabuai Fado, 37 points, uh, looking like my charity bet is getting a lob after 10 rounds. Uh, a couple of other ones here, Chad Townsend, 16 points, Peter Hiku, 13, kind of underperforming from them. On the Broncos side of things, I guess the most notable ones, Corey Pakes, 16 points, Tony Staggs, 19 points, Billy Walters, 22 points, Payne Haas, 29 points, Selwyn Cobbo, 31 points, Jordan Pierre, 31 points. Kobe Hetherington, 33, and Jordan Ricky with a 58. They're probably the most notable ones. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the second half of this game, mate, so I'm going to let you sort of lead the way with the, I guess, breakdown. The Broncos are lost. And they're lost because they don't know who's going to play six. And and I think Kevy doing this whole, you guys are having a shootout for the six jersey. And, what confidence, you know, what confidence does it give your halves? Like back what combinations have they built? Just if, back yourself. If we're yeah. a week out from the season starting and Adam Reynolds still doesn't know who his Hans partner is. Like, what do you expect to gain? There's no confidence in these kids. And I think they crumbled on the weekend because you've got a, well, I keep saying a young kid. You've got a bloke that looks like a young kid in Billy Walters who goes into this round as the favorite for the sixth jersey. But he's up against, you know, Gamble, who played quite well for them last season when he did get an opportunity. And they both just crumbled under that pressure like they were trying to outdo each other it was it was poor to be honest with you I'll say a few things Selwyn Cobbo he's a star I know forget about the super coach points forget about the game he, he showed a lot of talent at fullback and he's their long-term fullback in my option in my opinion sorry John Pereira looks like he's going to have really good base so he's a, still a very good option for your super coach side Turpin versus Pakes, I don't know. I personally think it's going to be Turpin and That's not what Pakes I was going to ask you, mate. Do you think Walters has played himself out of the six and do you think Pakes has played himself out of the nine after basically having both hands on it? Yeah, look, I expect it to be Turpin and I expect it to be Alvin Kelly. I don't think that it's going to be uh, Gamble. I think Gamble's more of a depth piece for them. Billy Walters potentially is, is more of a 14. And I think... Like for like, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Albert Kelly, Adam Reynolds. For me, it just makes sense for them. A similar style of gameplay, I think they can make that work and I think they can build a combination much faster than the others can. So that's the way I would go. Um, Palacio or Palacio, however you say it, I'm really tempted to take this guy despite the fact that he's suspended. Oh no, sorry, that's Piakura. Cancel that. Yeah, I was going to say, Palisade is like 350 That's kind of an awkward price take upon it. But I understand. All good. Um, let's move on, because the less about this Broncos side, the better. The Cowboys, uh, as Bruno and I said, probably not spoon contenders uh, based off yeah, the last couple of performances. The Storm, 24. The Knights, 10. I only caught a very, very few glimpses of this game, but the, the glimpses that I caught all but confirmed my suspicions on Cameron Munster. I know he's out round one, but he is in my side. Thanks to the performance as well of Kurt Mann. Uh, Kurt Mann only scored 40 points, but... 40 points in very little minutes is awesome. So two quality backups there. Oh, one quality backup for Cameron Munster, and that's why I'm going to move man down to the center wing after round one. But Cameron Munster, he just looks he looks a different player, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's in for a very big season. I think he's going to push for the number one 5-8th uh, by the end of the season, him versus Walker. It's a good battle. He was impressive. I, I'll admit, full disclosure, I only watched the first half of this one. But from the first half, I saw Munster, despite that goddamn haircut. Wow, it's bad. Uh, he was impressive on the field. Uh, Kurt Mann was another one that caught my eye. That guy is an absolute workhorse and a half, and you must have him in your super coach side. Poor. No ifs or buts about it for me. You have to have that guy to start the season. I think he's going to make a good 120 to 140K, and then you can move him on. Bang, but bang. The points that he can give you to start the season in your center or even as your backup five eighth, if you want, or you're starting five eight, I reckon he's probably going to score you 50 to 60 week in week out, just more or less in pure base plus power. So he's a must have for me. Uh, Chris Randall was okay, but I'm not really impressed with Randall as a player. I will, unless a cheaper option comes about, I will start the season with Randall, but I don't have high hopes for him and I'm not particularly looking to start him if I can avoid it. 
Yeah, for uh, me, other takeaways. For me, he's um, a, for, for for me. Randall is a reserve for week one, and then I get Munster back, which kind of changes. Oh, great, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm great. Grant is not in my side <laughs> at the moment, um, but yeah. Look, if once once Munster's back, then I can probably drop the reserve tag um, off Randall. He will be a fifty point guy. That's probably what he's going to get, 50 to 52 points a game. And if he jags the occasional attacking stat, then then he'll get maybe up to 80. But he's probably safe, yeah, say 50 points. So if he's your fourth reserve option, that's not too bad for the first five or six rounds. Um, can we talk about Jake Clifford? Because for two weeks in a row now, he's put on some scores and he looks really at home in that Knights jersey. Has played well. I will admit that. I thought he really disjointed the side last season. Um, I've on said the, that on the left there, a yeah. few times, particularly on the left. But this season, they look a li- little bit more fluid in the in the things that they're doing. They're looking a little bit more structured. So I'm interested to see how they do go this season. Uh, I saw someone ask the question, is is, um, is Kalen Ponga a super coach option? The answer is absolutely God, no. not. Absolutely not. He's Don't not even. He's not even. You at all. I said this on Twitter today. He's not even the best option outside the big three, and we've touched on that being Gutho. Like I think Gutho is a much better option. I see Pong has only scored three points. Like, did something happen? Did he not play much? Like, did he, play? he obviously would have played the first half, but did did something happen that I just didn't see? Because three points for KP. Jesus, I don't know, but I barely noticed him. And that's what I was saying. Like, he just wasn't as involved. I'm sure he will get involved once the season starts. But to start the season, there's no way I would be touching that. Dane Gagai looks like he's going to move back to being a subpar player again. Hey, bro, you wouldn't, be- you, no. wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. But Bradman Best picked up another lower leg niggle. Shock oh, me. I saw that. Shock me. Another one. I saw that. Yeah, the commentators were talking about it too. The bloke is absolutely cursed. I don't know what that means for Supercoach off the top of my head. I can't think of who the backup options would be for them. Outside of that, I noticed Jerome Hughes. He was a little bit, he was missing some of his key guys and I could see that in the way that he was playing. And on that right side, it was a little bit disorganized, which was very unstorm-like. But he's so creative that he was creating space. It was just that he was getting himself in a tangle because the people weren't there that normally are there for him. Uh, young Tyrone Wishart, God, he's he's talented. That kid, like yeah. he reminds me so much of his father. Uh, he's I've got big wraps on him for the future. So I would really like it if he doesn't play round one and then disappears for the season and comes back next season. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, Josh King, bit of hype around him. Twenty three points for him. Uh, a guy that yeah, stocks are kind of falling on. When it comes to Supercoach assets, there wasn't many that scored well for this Storm side apart from Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes with a 44. Um, so I reckon the less we the less we speak on that, the better. I mean, I scrolled down and saw Harry Grant scored a 7. Two trials in a row now that Grant has not done well. I think he scored 17 points in two trials for Harry Grant. Watch him come out round two and score 130, and I look like an absolute knob. But, yeah, is what it is. So let's talk about this Pappenhausen thing. Do you think that if they were going to play, if Pappenhausen wasn't fit, they would have just played Meany at fullback for the whole game rather than sh- rather than switch Munster there or whatever? And I don't know. I've just got a gut feeling that Pappenhausen plays. I saw him running at training the other day. He looked fine playing golf. I know that golf isn't a very physical sport, but surely if you're, if you're racing the clock for round one and the sides play the day beforehand, you'd be there doing some, some rehab rather than having the day off, you know, like... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just I think Pat plays. Surely that they'd played Nick Meany at fullback for more minutes in this trial if they wanted him to be there, and they wouldn't have put Munster there at fullback because it's Munster. Like surely they just yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to think about this one. You brought up golf. Anyone wants to go play a round of golf with me? Let me know. Um, <laughs> Dual position well, podcast golf I... golf day. Yeah, we could do that. Anyone <laughs> who lives out in the Penrith area, hit me up. We'll go for a round been a while i'd like to go and have a hit um i don't i honestly i'm really worried with paps like it's so vague and we just i know bellamy's you know tells a few porkies from time to time but i just feel like he's going to get named on the extended bench and we you're going to be questioning whether or not when he plays play? or not so nrl round you keep talking i think they play on the sunday two, i two, think two. Uh, if he plays a sunday then it's it's a, it's a nightmare um, so they play, they play Saturday night. So it's just too long to hold, unfortunately. Like, yeah, you're going to put your, like on, you do have the option because I'm pretty positive Gutho plays on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. 
against the Gold, Gold Coast. Oh, and the rules have changed now, haven't they? Where you can make... You can tr- You can oh, trade you can during the round. And, yeah, yes. and it doesn't and cost you. you can... So we'll, we'll have to have a think into that. I'm going to have to study the new rules, actually, and, yeah. and make sure... Hey, let's put a red line through Tepai Maroa as well while we're at it. Get get your ruler, get your big red Sharpie, and put that one straight through Tepai Maroa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've got him out of my side. Him and Momosia, is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, dry, dry Momosia. I'm really trying to – I keep saying it. Because we're so blessed with the amount of cheapies we look like we're going to get, I'm trying to stack my side with as many starting players as what I can at the moment. So I've been going away from those types and been trying to add in your, you know, Bullimore at 280. costs a little bit more, but it looks like he's going to start – Noel Brown might start for a week or two to start the season, and and then it looks like he probably will still sustain some pretty decent minutes. I'm trying to go for these guys. It's costing me some guns, and I'm having a downgrade to your Nakoras and guys that you know Tupanua. They're a little bit more mid cardish, but at the same time, those mid cardish have the upside of potentially making cash. So it's a little bit of a double edged sword. So I'm still working on it. Uh, I actually one guy we haven't spoken about. Brandon Smith, now available for round one. He's currently in my side, I'm not going to lie. Big fan of Brandon Smith. I think he's still going to have a, a big part to play in this team. I love his try-scoring ability. I think he's probably him at hooker, specifically him, Grant, and Marnie are leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. And my plan at the moment is to take, take Smith in the second row, take Marnie in at hooker. And eventually, I'm hoping I can have two gun hookers. Yeah, as much as I've slandered Brandon Smith, I might run with him uh, if I can find the money to upgrade. Who knows? I am. You are turned. You got to change your name to the SC Turncoat. The amount of bloody you were knocking Brandon Smith out of the paddock a couple of days ago, going, "Oh no, he's not an option. He's not an option." And now you're turncoating again, just like you did with Jackson Hastings. Uh, I don't know. Like it's 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 he's he's very <laughs> he's very borderline. I think the fact that he's dual does help. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just always worry about paying money off. Uh, like it's just always a rule for me, paying money off, off guys with career years. Um, we have one more trial to talk about, mate. We don't have super coach calls for it, unfortunately. So we'll be having to go off gut feel. The Sharks. Thir- Which game is it? The Sharks thirty. The Bulldogs six. Um, oh, mate, seeing TPJ stink it up was so frustrating because I was very, very happy to antipod him, and now I think people realise just how much of a nutcase he is and how much of a liability he is. Yeah, look, I was literally talking about this at work today and I said nearly the same thing. I was like, I was so dirty during that game because I'd gone away from Pangai purely for a few reasons, but the round three to nine eventually turned me off. And I said, you know what? Two weeks of potentially Pangai getting some junk isn't enough for me. So I had gone really cold on him. I hadn't been including him in my sides. The only thing I saw as a real advantage for him was the fact that he was dual. And then he goes out last night, shows everyone that he's an absolute meathead with no self-control whatsoever. And now the masses are going away from him and jumping off and jumping on other options who may or may not be on my side. And that frustrates me dearly. In terms of super coach points, I can only give you the estimates that Guns put on Twitter. Yeah, They're probably a little bit overstated, but they do say the minutes and they're a rough rough guide most of the time he's scoring probably 10 points over on average and that's because you know we don't have a tape measure for the eight meter hit ups and whatnot before, so they do before, we, run, before we, we run into the into the scores um you mentioned that round sort of three to nine for the bulldogs i'll tell you what magic round comes around matt burton 400k he's, oh, he's, he's in my side straight away matt burton he he's he, he's talent. the shining light in this in this bronco in this bulldog side is are the bulldogs another side that we have to reevaluate? and maybe drop them a couple of places lower. Yeah, I think so. Um, It's only trials, I know, and I saw a few Bulldogs fans come out and say, hey, look at this. This is two years ago. We beat Penrith 30 to nil in a trial, and, you know, what happened that season? I'm pretty sure they got the spoon that season. So you can't always read into the trials too much, but there's some definite worries there for me. I think they'll get better as the season goes on, but I honestly think that you might be looking at a side that's not in 10 and then starts to get their shit together. Hey, do you want to know another guy that I'll be buying uh, round 10-ish, round 11-ish, hopefully after he bottoms out? Brent, Brent Naden? Nah, Nico Hines. I mean, him that, that combination on the right edge, I think it's going to be lethal. Um, I've made it no secret that I think Nico Hines is a stud. 
the only issue that I've had with Nico Hines is the price tag. I feel like we will get him at a discount rate. Um, but that combination with Nakora on that right edge, I'm very, very excited for both those guys. Nakora is in my side at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really pumped to, to, to see what they can do uh, now that the fact that, yeah, Hines is playing on that on that right edge, which which boosts Nakora up in massively in my book. I um I love Nico Hines. He's back in my side. I couldn't do it. I went. I think I went about three. If days I'm if I'm the turncoat, you're the flip flop. I'm, I'm back on, boy. Well, yeah. I saw Sam Walker. It was after our Roosters pod that he went out. I had him up until we recorded that pod, and then I got really excited about Walker, who I had in my initial side, and I was like, you know, effort. I'm going to go back to Walker, and now I got them both. So that's that's the route that I'm going. I've got them both, and I'm pretty positive I'm going to take both. I'm pretty sure I'm also going to take their outside edge back rowers as well and see if I can get some some big a jump big, big combos stack. going up. Yeah, I've so, gone for some stacks. So, it's a bit of a tactic. Could could bite me in the ass royally, but I'm liking a bit of a stack this year. So this is the Dual Position Podcast hosted by the Turncoat and the Flip Flop. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just do that from now on because... The amount of narratives that we've changed over the last over the last three and a half months. I mean, it's, I think it's good though because then people can understand. We're real people. I think it, we it, are, it, exactly. Just it just like it just shows that that we're, we're just two blokes with microphones that loves to be coached just as much as anyone, and our brains are constantly churning over. We're never locked into. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, we'll do a team reveal on like the weekend before TLT, and then come kick off round one. I'm sure our sides will be different again. So yeah, um, I guarantee you that'll happen. We'll get to we'll do a Sunday night show whenever we're doing that show, and and I'll be like, oh, you know, um, I'll just pick a name out of the hat, Croker. How about Croker? Jared Croker, straight in my points. side, yeah. And you're going to be like, he wasn't in your side the other day. I can see that happen. That's just the reality. You're super coach. I'll tell you someone. I'll tell you someone who was in my side. Andrew Fafita. Yeah, he's in mine too. Looked. I'm going to get burnt. It's going to sting, and it's going to happen round four. He's going to fall apart. But like, it's just too good to pass up, isn't it? Yeah. Look. I used to play pool with this guy and we used to go to the pub every Thursday night and the bloke would eat like three steak meals for five bucks from the sportsman's hotel in Blacktown. And I hope he's, I hope he's eating his steak and he's getting himself he- healthy and he's going to go out and, you know, get 40 minutes and score 40 points to 50 points week in, week out. Cause he's looked good in the trials. He looks like he's still capable of it. So hopefully that body of his can hold up. I played uh, rugby against his younger brother. Uh, we played Griffith high school and like the, the country knockout cup and his brother, his brother resold me. Like we got the win. We, we, we won the final, but yeah, his brother resold me. Took it, took a tap. I thought I'd, I'd take him one-on-one and yeah, Fafita's brother resold me and Fafita was the water boy that game. And he let me know about it. I'll tell you that right now. Came, came past and sprayed me. So good times. Um, no, I, I am keen on Fafita um, just because he's 205k. He'll partner Max King as my backup. So Max King, wasn't as prolific as what he was last week, but still did a job. Like, he, he just came on, rolled the sleeves, did what he had to, and, and there's nothing that I can say about Max King that'll put me off him. About 40 points in 40 minutes. There's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. especially at a bottom dollar cheapie. So I don't see him getting, yeah, 40, on... minutes. I don't see him getting 40 minutes come round one. No. Um, but, hey, if, if he scores 30, then, I mean, we'll take that. But even if he slow burns and then he turns up for a... Um, for an origin weekend, there's value in that. You know, I mean, once, what if he gets a start that round? And once gets Hetherington gets su- once Hetherington gets suspended, once TPJ's uh, suspended for ten weeks, once Paul Vaughan's throwing another barbecue. I mean, there could be there could be some 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 minutes there for him. Another one I want to mention is Chris Patolo, uh, back rower from uh, the Bulldogs. Very very, very handy. Um, and I think the good thing is Raymond Fitel Mariner will be back about round three as well. So he's a guy I'm looking to pick up uh, after that cycle of poor fixtures come in so round nine round ten uh we're looking at rfm yeah he's not a bad option definitely um especially in draft actually um you, you'll you get you'll get him very late in the mid to late rounds you'll get, yeah you'll, you'll get, be able get, to get him yeah hey that's gonna that's gonna kind of do it for us for the trials um footy done unfortunately we didn't get to see the the titans and the warriors play yeah, I definitely. I really wanted to see both those sides play. I wanted to have a closer look at Sexton. I didn't get to see much of the the game the week before, and I really wanted to have another look at and see if you and Aiken became more involved. I wanted to see SJ with his combo and Katoa. I want to see Katoa. Really disappointed. I wanted to see Bo Firma. I wanted to see how Fafita went after his rib injury. I wanted to see SJ yeah. if, he, if he'd kick. I wanted to see Rocco Berry have another crack. Uh, even Marcelo Montoya. Like, 
I think that was a trial that I was keen to look at the most. And unfortunately, like, yeah, what's going up, going on up north is is horrible. And everyone, everyone, please, please be safe. But selfishly, yeah, I did want to see that trial go go ahead. Unfortunately, yeah, I was hoping they could fly down and play the game in Sydney, but it's not, not it's not, not that important. Uh, Obviously, there's bigger things than, than Supercoach. Hey, before we guy, before we finish, before you, before you jump the gun, one guy you didn't mention was Franklin Pelle. I actually had him in my seventeen. Wait, how about that runoff? How about the run off the back fence? Off, oh, the, yeah. off the dropout, he just he just put his head down and charged. I told you, I've seen him play for yeah, Newtown. He's, a gun. he's absolute wrecking ball. I really hope he gets a spot somewhere in that side because I think at two hundred and five k, he's also an option as well. Like I've been, burnt. I know we're talking about a few sharks guys, but I've been, like, I've been burnt. There. I've been burnt by Newtown guys before, unfortunately, with Billy Magulius. So uh, shout out to Everyone Billy Magulius. Hopefully, he comes back. Hey, before we finish up, how good has the NRLW been? Those girls go hard. Look, they're just as talented as the men. Anyone that you know, I saw. I've seen some ridiculously horrible shit derogatory comments on the. Oh, you know they don't deserve the money. They deserve less and all this shit, mate. Boy, yeah. Tell you what, half of those girls would steamroll would you. Most, absolutely fold the blokes. Like, who's the bloke? Who's the bloke from um, the Warriors with the wristband? The idiot. Uh, Evans. Oh, Ken Evans. We all we all know what that said on his wrist. I won't say it, but that is exactly what some of those chicks would do to these blokes sitting in their chairs going, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's been quality and good luck to them. I've quite enjoyed it. No, it's, it's good good, to yeah. see more teams um yeah. getting a crack now too. So yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And well, mate, we're uh what are we? Today is Wednesday, no, Tuesday. Today's we're Tuesday, so we've eight, got yeah, eight days. Nine days. Far out. We've still got like four podcasts to release too, so Get cracking. Um, I guess moving forward, what we've got tomorrow, we're going to do... Oh, I'm just going to say, tomorrow, Brew and I are going to sit down and give out our best 17 of guys under 10% owned each. So these pods are going to be fantastic to get you guys ahead of the curb. Um, it's all well and good picking your very safe side. They're, they're safe for a reason. But if you guys like to play outside the box a little bit, Brew and I are going to be picking our favorite 17 options um, under 10% ownership. So Brew and I will sit down tonight and actually put those sides together. And then on Friday or Saturday, depending on when I can be bothered to release it, we'll do our predictions for the season. Um, and then Tuesday, for anyone listening, Tuesday will be our very first live show of the season. Um, we'll be sitting down at 7 p.m. Sydney time, live on the YouTube channel uh, at the Dual Position Podcast. Very close to 1,000 subscribers. So if we get there by round one, that'd be fantastic. Um, so yeah, very, very first live show. We're still ironing out the kinks. Uh, and then you won't hear from us until... What's the plan, mate? I think the, I think for the fair, I think for the first eight rounds, we'll, we'll we'll do the live show Monday night because there's only Monday night footy. But basically, the plan is Brew and I for us to go live half an hour to an hour after the end of the first the end of the last game. So I think for the first eight rounds, that's Monday, and then after that will be a Sunday. Um, something Brew and I something Brew and I are very keen on. I'm going to have to do a bit of back work to make sure it looks good. I think we'll go with a different presentation style as to how we've done it this preseason as well. So we'll work all that out. But yeah, you'll hear from us. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday. So we've got more, four more four more pods to come out, and then we're we're right into the swing of things. Um, I'm gonna try and get a video up of both our teams fully revealed as well, if I can find an editor that's good enough to do that. Any editors out there that want to help us out, let me know. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a been a huge preseason. I very much thank you for for giving me your time three four times a week over the last far out, man. What has it been? Four months. Long, long time. Yep. It's been very enjoyable. But Christmas is almost here, guys. It's almost super coach time. We get to pull our hair out. Well, not me, but you guys. And go through all the drama and the emotion again. Mate, all the analysis is now done. The rest of them will just be opinions moving forward. So I'm very, very excited. All the analysis is done. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the full first preseason of the Dual Position podcast. Uh, obviously, I did this all last year, but doing it solo was a very different task of doing it with a partner. I'm very, very keen, mate. I'm very, very uh, nervous after the back of a poor year for me last year. I can't, I can't go two poor years in a row or I'll lose all credibility. And I think you're very keen to try and defend that top 100 title. Oh, yeah, I am. Guys, flip-flopping over here, mate. I'm going back to the top 100. The flip-flopping and the turn coding. Guys, thank you very much for, for listening to us for the last four months. Um, very, very much enjoyed it. We'll be back Wednesday or tomorrow. I'll be back on the weekend. We'll be back... Uh, yeah, early in the week next week, and then we'll 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 do it all for the twenty five weeks that the season has presented. I have been your host, the SC Whisperer. I have been joined by Brewer C twenty two. You have been listening to the Jawsition Podcast. As always, bye for now.
Roo. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.